0: Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast.
1: Rolling along, Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance, and busy we are. Guests on the Goodyear hotline. we got good ones coming up, including Marcus Spears, and your calls in this hour. Your hot takes are coming up after mine here in just a little bit. But as I sit here and I just look over, like a barrage of information just flies in on all of these Mondays. And I like this one here. We do a fascinating stat for you pretty much every day. And Hembo sent me one that I really like. Tom Brady has a chance to add to, among other things, another record. You know about all the records that he has. He's the GOAT. He was the GOAT well before yesterday. But this, I think, is the, the significance to the narrative of his career, doing this away from Belichick in his first year with Tampa, with a franchise that hadn't been to the playoffs in so long, and most of the same players. It just adds to the legend. It adds to the narrative. It, it continues to build upon itself. But I just found this one interesting here. Tom Brady will have a chance to eliminate from the playoffs for the eighth time in his career, the league MVP. He's done it seven times before. No one had ever done it more than three times before Brady comes along. Seven different times, including twice in the same season. He has eliminated the league MVP from the playoffs. He beat Kurt Warner in the Super Bowl in 2001. He beat both Steve McNair and Peyton Manning in the playoffs in 2003. They were the co-MVPs that year. He beat Manning again in 2004 in the playoffs. Peyton was the MVP. He beat LaDainian Tomlinson in the playoffs in 2006. He was the MVP. He beat Matt Ryan in the Super Bowl in 2016. Ryan was the MVP. And he beat Patrick Mahomes two years ago in the AFC Championship game. Mahomes was the MVP. That's seven times he has knocked the MVP of the league out of the playoffs And I think we can all safely assume he gets his crack at eight this week. Rodgers has not yet been officially named this year's MVP, but I think that feels like a foregone conclusion. That is today's fascinating stat brought to you by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. The scoop. Uh, Let me quickly give you the scoop here on this Deshaun Watson thing because I went through it very quickly. If you're just joining me, I did the green list and I really squeezed myself on time. And my green list today was the top five spots that I could see Deshaun Watson winding up after the trade. But I really didn't give myself enough time to give you the scoop. All right, I'm telling you right now that what I believe would qualify as the biggest trade in NFL history, when you consider just how good Deshaun Watson is and just how young he is, and the fact that the the quarterback position has never been valued, no position in the sport has ever been valued the way the quarterback position is now, I think you could argue this would be the biggest trade the sport has ever had. And I'm here to tell you the scoop is everyone says it's going to happen because you are hearing really, really bad stuff coming out of the Texans organization. And what you're hearing if you watch television, if you watched our show this morning and other places and on the radio, is people starting to tiptoe towards getting to the root of it. And it's not my place to do it because I'm just getting this information from other people. So I certainly can't tell you with with accuracy or with significance exactly what's happening there. But what I'm telling you is the indications you get are that when it comes out, it's going to be really bad. And that Deshaun Watson wants out for a lot of reasons that go well beyond how bad the football team is and how bad the football decisions have been. So that feels like the direction that thing is heading. So when I put together the list of places, I could see him going. Again, I think the likeliest two are Jacksonville and Miami. Again, Daniel Jeremiah and Adam Schefter, um, who are two excellent NFL insiders, are both talking about the possibility of the Jets. And again, I would beg you not to toy with my emotions on stuff like that, because that would be the best thing that's happened to the Jets in half a century to get a quarterback like that. And they have more than enough draft capital. They have a way to make... Houston happy in ways that almost no other team does, because the Jets have so many first round picks coming up, they could trade them three number ones and still keep a couple of them for themselves. Plus, they could give them Sam Darnold if the Texans like Darnold as a young quarterback. The problem is that this is ultimately going to be Deshaun's decision, and I'm not 100% sure why Deshaun would identify the Jets as the place that he wants to go. He would have to believe in the new coaching staff. He would have to desperately want to come to New York. At the end of the day, I think that's what he'd have to want. He'd have to want to come and play in New York. Because there isn't any obvious way looking at that roster and looking at the recent history of the franchise that you're Deshaun and you say, oh, yeah, this is the wagon I'm hitching my horse to or the horse I'm hitching my wagon to. Doesn't make sense. Jacksonville also has an incredibly interesting and exciting package they could put together for Houston primarily they can trade them Trevor Lawrence and that's the kind of young player that a franchise might if you're going to trade away Deshaun Watson that's what you want you want another young quarterback that your fans will be excited about building around and Jacksonville also has all this cap space like the Jets do and they have um, that they have a coach that I could see it's possible Deshaun says I want to go play for Urban Meyer I have no idea what the relationship is between the two of them But I could see it being possible that he might say, oh, I want to go play for Urban Meyer. I believe the likeliest scenario is Miami. The Dolphins have all the draft capital in the world. They have four picks in the top 50 this year. They have $32 million in cap space. They could trade him three first-round picks and to Watunga-Vailoa. So you could throw in another young quarterback there, another young quarterback that Houston might be excited about building around. And if you look at the direction the Dolphins have gone the last few years, I can see Deshaun saying, they're me away from winning a championship. Plus, Florida has no state tax and everything else. So those feel like the likeliest scenarios to me. This is going to be the overwhelming monster story in the sport going forward in the short run. Right, let me give you my green takes here, and then it's going to be time for your hot takes. We're going to open up the phone lines in just a matter of moments. Greenies takes. But first, let me give you my... Three big takes coming out of this weekend in the National Football League. And the very first of them is, who is it that looks at the rule that if you fumble the ball out of the end zone, it's a touchback? Who looks at it and says, yeah, that seems about right. Who is it that thinks that? I don't know anyone who thinks that. Obviously, if that rule benefits your team like yesterday, if you're a fan of the Kansas City Chiefs, you're thinking, I love that rule. But absent everything else, if we're going to start rewriting rules for next season, no football fan, I know, has ever said, oh, that seems like a terrific, boy, that seems like exactly the appropriate way to adjudicate that play. If I fumble on the two and it goes out of bounds on the one, I keep the ball on the two. But if I fumble the ball on the one and it goes out of bounds in the end zone, the other team gets the ball on the 20. I've never understood it. It makes no sense. No one likes it. No one likes that rule. And I would like to see a change, and I actually believe it's going to be changed. That's take number one. Take number two is every play in the NFL should be reviewable. There's no reason that play shouldn't have been reviewable because the defender comes in with his helmet like a missile, and that clearly would have been a penalty that would have removed that play. And we've seen any number of terrible calls that have decided NFL games, that one that decided a Super Bowl team two years ago in New Orleans, and now it's three years ago, And the first words you hear are, well, that's not reviewable. And my my question is, why? Why is anything not reviewable? Anything that is incredibly obvious to the naked eye should be reviewable. And it wouldn't slow anything up because you don't add any challenges. If the coach doesn't have a challenge, then he doesn't get to review it. And you'd be a little more judicious about how you use it. You should be able to replay, replay or review the same number of plays they're doing now. You should just be able to review anything you want. And then my final take for today is the only difference between Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen is Stefan Diggs. When you watch those two guys play on Saturday night, Josh Allen, the development of Josh Allen by that organization has been just brilliant. It is an organizational masterpiece. And the primary piece of it, the finishing touch, the cherry on the sundae, was getting him Stefan Diggs. And if you gave Lamar Jackson Stefan Diggs – he would look a lot like that. So to me, that's the most important move that team, or maybe any team, needs to make during the offseason. they got to find Lamar Jackson, his Stefan Diggs, and the Ravens will be in the Super Bowl. Those are my hot takes. And now I'm asking for yours. My phone number is 888-SAY-ESPN. That's eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. An extremely interesting little moment in football. Your hot takes next on ESPN Radio.
0: ESPN Radio and the Undefeated celebrate Martin Luther King Day with the Boston Celtics' Tristan Thompson. You know, Dr. King paved the way for us, but now it's time for us to really take action and really push forward. I think um, in the past we all just you know, tipped our hat to him and showed our appreciation, but I think now, it's especially with the climate of the world, it's, it's time for us to push things forward and, and help elevate people of color into power position. I think that's what the next step for us is, uh, as uh, as African American and as minorities in this country. Celebrating Martin Luther King Day with the Undefeated in ESPN Radio.
1: Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only.
2: Exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y.
0: Greeny, the podcast.
1: All right, Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. Marcus Spears will join me on the Goodyear hotline coming up shortly. I want to make sure you know that the NBA is on ESPN radio tonight. You got KD and you got Harden and maybe Kyrie. And the Nets host the Bucks, which means Giannis. It's presented by Indeed. Coverage starts 7 Eastern on most of these ESPN radio stations and is going to be very interesting to watch and, in this case, listen to tonight. Meanwhile, I just gave you my hot takes coming off the NFL weekend. Now it is time for yours, 888-SAY-ESPN is my phone number. The game is called What's On Your Mind, brought to you by My Computer Career Training for a Better Life. Let's hear the hot takes. Bubba, who's up first? First we have Josh. All right, Josh, you're on ESPN Radio. Give me a hot take.
2: Diehard Saints fan, hot take. Drew Brees is overrated. Most, play, most overpaid player of all time has made the most money out of NFL player of all time. Nine career playoff wins. Only four playoff wins since 09. If it wasn't for Favre thrown across his body, we don't win in 09. Good riddance. I mean, he only has two scores his last two playoff games, and his two backups have the same amount of scores, but 73 less pass attempts. Good riddance. Well, good thing we have $100 million for Michael Thomas, who caught zero balls yesterday. Kudet.
1: Bye-bye, Breeze. All right, listen. I don't agree with it, but I appreciate the heat of the take. I do believe that Breeze looked like a quarterback yesterday who was done. And if you saw the way they defensed that game, if you saw Todd Bowles' defense, the strategy basically was Drew Breeze can't throw the ball down the field. So we're not going to let them do anything underneath, and that's exactly what happened. I completely disagree that Breeze is not an all-time great. He is his the magnitude of his career goes well beyond just what he did on the field he also got completely screwed by a terrible call a couple of years ago that we just referenced that should have been reviewable he would have definitely been in another super bowl if that had not happened so i don't agree with the take but i appreciate the heat of the take that's what this is about bubba who is next yeah fred in new york is next fred you're on espn radio what's your hot take
2: morning mike um yeah, I think you're overvaluing Deshaun Watson a little bit because I think I think it sounds to me like Houston's going to be in a position where they have to trade him. I don't think the other teams are going to have to overpay for it. You know, I think uh, Jacksonville giving up Lawrence straight up uh, would be enough, or two or plus one first round pick maybe, but I don't think anybody's going to have to give three first round picks for. Um, For Deshaun Watson, what do you think?
1: Well, see, that's really interesting. I don't know how that's going to play out, obviously. Here's what I will say. There are two ways that the compensation starts to escalate. One of them, and to your point, you are correct, one of them is if the team has the option of keeping him. So if everyone out there knows they have the Texans over a barrel, then yes, you are correct. You don't have to offer the sun, the moon, and the stars. But if every team in the league is in on it, or at least, let's say, Eight teams, I'm just making up a number here, five to eight teams are legitimately in on this, then it does start to escalate and it becomes a really interesting game of chicken. How do the Texans play one team off another? They certainly want the Jets to think that the Jaguars have offered X and then the Dolphins will think that they need to offer X and then the Bears will come in and they'll say, we'll give you our entire roster plus every draft pick we have for the next five years. And that's the way it escalates. So as far as overvaluing the player, I, I don't agree at all. I don't think you can overvalue him. I think he is a top five quarterback in the NFL entering his prime. So I, I think that the value of him is almost un, impossible to put into words. And as far as what he winds up getting, I would be stunned if he does not wind up, they don't wind up getting multiple number ones for him. Stunned. maybe you'll be right, Fred. And look, if the way it plays out is the Jets get him and don't give up absolutely everything, (laughs) you're going to get no complaints out of me. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. Bubba, who's next with a hot take? We got David up next. All right, David, you're on ESPN Radio. Give me a hot take, David.
2: Hey, Greeny, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. Hey, um, I I say two first rounds in Darnold for Watson and then another first round or two to Pittsburgh for Juju for the Jets.
1: Well, no, I I, I think, is Juju Smith-Schuster a free agent, Nuno? Can you grab that? I almost think he's, I think he may be a free agent. There are a lot of receivers who are going to be available during this offseason. Juju Smith-Schuster is a very good player. I don't think he's as good as Allen Robinson. I don't think he's as good as Kenny Galladay. Those are names that I think teams, yes, he's a free agent. Thank you, Nuno. Um, So you don't have to give Pittsburgh anything for him. So we'll see where that goes. There are teams out there that I think are going to be in the market. Look, look what Stefan Diggs did for Buffalo this year. I know the Cardinals didn't make the playoffs, but look what DeAndre Hopkins did for Kyler Murray and the Cardinals this year. They were in it right to the end. And look what his departure meant to Houston. It's part of the reason we find ourselves where we are now. So the value of these wide receivers is extraordinary. And um, I think that that. It is worth whatever it is you're going to go spend on them. I think that receivers are like really, really fancy. What's something really fancy you put on a car? Is it tires anymore? Is that that a dated reference? Rims? If you put really, really fancy rims on a car with no engine, that strikes me as a waste. But when you have everything else exactly right, the rims are the finishing touch. And that's what the receiver is. There's no point in going out and getting the receiver if you don't have the offensive line. There's no point in going out and getting the receiver if you're completely lost at quarterback. There's no point in getting the receiver if your defense stinks. But if you're generally a good team all the way across the board, then the finishing piece, the cherry on the Sunday, is the receiver. Go out and get that guy. So we'll see where it winds up. Thank you for the hot takes today. Outstanding. And I promise we'll continue to do those every single day as we go along. Marcus Spears will join me with his thoughts all across the NFL playoffs in just a moment. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call ClickRanger.com or just stop by. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Greeny, the
0: podcast.
1: Granny, with you here, as always, coming to you live from above the Heineken River deck at Piers 17. Delighted you're with me on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. We'll have Marcus Spears in just a couple of minutes here run through some of the NFL headlines. I, I did just see this, by the way, and it is it's a formality. I don't even think this counts as breaking news. It's certainly no surprise. But today is the last day that collegiate players can declare for the draft. And Ohio State quarterback Justin Fields has officially declared. Again, that's only significant in that he waited until the last day to do it. But he has declared. And when I just look at the numbers, Field Yates listed his numbers on Twitter. Justin Fields' numbers in college, 5,701 passing yards, 67 touchdowns, nine interceptions. He rushed for over 1,100 yards and 19 touchdowns. So he accounted for... 86 touchdowns and threw nine picks in two seasons as the starter, and one of them was abbreviated this year for Ohio State, led a team to the college football playoff both times. It's going to be very interesting. The more people you talk to around college football, the, or, or more about the draft process, forget about the college side of this. The more people you talk to around the draft process, here's the consensus. Trevor Lawrence is going to be the number one pick. There is not a consensus right now on who's going to be the second quarterback taken. Zach Wilson, the quarterback from BYU, and Justin Fields, I think are going to be neck and neck for that. And if one of them really emerges and becomes the overwhelming guy there, then that boosts the value of some of the picks that are out there i.e. the one the Jets have at number two, and maybe that contributes to the Deshaun Watson trade conversation. We'll just have to wait and see. I want to remind you also this show is a podcast every single day. It's called Hashtag Greeny. We take each hour of the show. We make it its own individual podcast, so there's two a day. Hashtag Greeny is the name. It's available anywhere you listen to your podcasts. I've said repeatedly today that the most important thing you can do for a young quarterback, the most important way you can put the finishing touch on your football team is by going out and getting a receiver. Look what Stephon Diggs has done to, Baltimore, uh, to Buffalo. Look what DeAndre Hopkins meant in Arizona. So we looked over. Here's the list of some of the unrestricted wide receivers. And you know what? I'm told Marcus Spears is ready to go. The big fella joining me on the Goodyear hotline. Let me bring him into the conversation on that, that thought. Hello, Swagoo. Gee, what's up, my brother? Well, you tell me. So I'm going to give you just a throw a couple of names at you. I've been I, I sitting here all morning saying that the difference, the biggest difference to me between Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen is that the Buffalo Bills went out and got Stefan Diggs and the Ravens didn't. And I think that was the difference in their development and the difference in that game the other night. So as I look at the list of unrestricted free agent wide receivers this year, you tell me is there a guy who can make that kind of difference? Chris Godwin, Allen Robinson, Juju Smith-Schuster, Kenny Galladay, I'll throw in the names Will Fuller, T.Y. Hilton, and Corey Davis, who are also among the unrestricted free agents. Is there a guy on that list that says to you, yes, go get that guy, and he can have that kind of transformational impact on your team?
0: I think it's Allen Roberts, mm-hmm. um, would allow you immediately to slide Marquise Brown to the two. The number two wide receiver, you can get creative there. Allen can win one-on-ones, 50, 50 balls, and he's already been a one, right? Like, he's already been in that in that mold. Um, and it's a difference, G. Like, the, the football difference is the fact that Lamar can do so much and be creative that your number one wide receiver more than likely will have more chances to get open and more time to get open. Um, from from that standpoint. So it makes sense. And we saw, obviously, the difference, not only in the fact that Stephon Diggs is there uh, with Josh Allen, but we saw the difference in philosophy. We saw the difference in the ability to do more, to be a transformative team and play the style that you need to play in order to win a game. Yesterday showed up for the Ravens, and it kind of reignited a lot of the conversation that I was having, and look, by no means, you know, we, we talked about this earlier in the season, by no means was I with taking the run game away from Lamar Jackson and the Ravens not being dominant, a dominant run team. But I knew at some point during the season, G, just like it's taught us since we've been watching football, you're going to have to push the ball downfield effectively. And they just haven't, they don't have the guys to do it and they don't have the philosophy and scheme to do it. And that was what I was screaming, evolve the passing game. That don't mean get away from your staple and your foundation, but it has evolved because in games like that, when you see Buffalo stacking the box with eight, nine, ten guys down at the line of scrimmage, you need to have number one Allen Robinson, or, i.e., a number one wide receiver that's isolated out there against the a cornerback that can win. And Lamar has the confidence in that. So it's a lot of things that need to transpire. But you are definitely right. They need a one. Allen Robinson fits that mold better than any other guys you mentioned. I think Chris Godwin could be a one. But the fact that he's always had Mike Evans and now he has all of that talent around him, um, that would be a wait and see. You look at his skill set and you say, yeah, he could potentially be a one. He has some drops to you but Allen Robinson, is no doubt to me that he can be
1: on one. All right, so let's see if it's the Ravens or any other team that might be out there looking for a receiver to put them over. The top Greeny with you presented by Progressive Insurance, making it easy to bundle your home and car insurance. As you listen to Marcus's unmistakable voice, that accent, that's a Louisiana accent. You were a kid from Baton Rouge, and um, you played at LSU. And so I wonder if you can help for people across the country who may not understand Put into words, if we did indeed see the last of Drew Brees yesterday, what he meant to that city, to that region of the country, what what, what his his career, it feels to me, goes far beyond what he accomplished on the football field. I wonder if you can put that into words for us.
0: Gee, first of all, look, like you said, I grew up in Baton Rouge. And, you know, Drew Brees, getting into his career, his individual statistics, the things that he's done – all well documented. We know how tremendous of a football player and quarterback he was. Um, but I remember growing up when people used to wear brown paper bags over their head when they were at the Saints games. Mm-hmm. I remember the New Orleans Saints being a laughing stock. I remember the New Orleans Saints being in conversations that the LSU football team could beat the New Orleans Saints. And then they got Drew Brees and Sean Payton and they start to put together a trip. Uh, tremendous teams, they start to build a philosophy, and they start to do things like a world-class organization would do to put their guys in positions to win. But then they had this quarterback, Drew Brees, who had been kind of thrown to the wolves because of a shoulder issue and didn't know if he was going to be healthy, took a chance on him. He took a chance on the Saints in that city that they would get things right. And then you directly go back to Hurricane Katrina, when he was there as the starting quarterback, and all he did for the community and and the people um, in New Orleans, and being a part of that 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 community, not only the revival of of New Orleans, but ushering in kind of this new idea of what the New Orleans Saints would be, and how we how people would view them, and not to mention winning the Super Bowl as well. So. Um, Drew has been. Drew has done more for New Orleans from a from a sports figure than anybody that's ever played. And I know Archie played quarterback there. And I know it's been some tremendous guys there, past Willing that has done amazing things in the city. But none will be remembered like Drew Brees. Drew Brees statue needs to go up in front of the super, the Mercedes Benz dome, Superdome as I know it. They need to make sure he's always a part of the thread and the fabric of what they do going forward with the New Orleans Saints. Like, he ushered in an era in football of a franchise that was in the abyss that had no identity, that didn't look at themselves as champions. And he and Sean Payton created a whole different vibe in New Orleans. And now you see New Orleans jerseys all over the place, and you see it's a brand name now, and you see Drew Brees being there in the nine jerseys, his remnants of the – the 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 work he's done out off the football field will last uh, for a lifetime. So if if right now we are gonna start talking about young quarterbacks in the draft, and we're gonna talk about guys like Deshaun Watson going to a city and doing all all of these storylines that we gonna have. Um, when when a franchise commits to a quarterback, when they pay a guy like like the New Orleans Saints that or paid Drew Brees, when you look at his career in totality with him being in New Orleans that is the model of what you want your franchise quarterback to be not just winning games winning playoff games bringing a super bowl title but also the impact in, on the community and it reaching far beyond the football field so nothing but good things should be remembered about Drew Brees tenure in New Orleans um even even more so the work that he did off the field and obviously his his hall of fame elite Um, top 10 all-time career at the position.
1: Well said. I agree with it completely. I I was down there. I remember being there in the wake of Katrina when the the Arena Football League played their, their championship game there. Mike and I went down and did that game. It was before the NFL had come back and I remember what the city looked like and I remember what it felt like and then we were there again for that first game back, that first Monday night game. They have the Steve Gleason statue. That was the night of the block punt, and ev- and everything changed. It felt like the entire franchise changed in that night, and Breeze was the most important piece of it.
0: Absolutely. And, gee, that was a proud moment for everybody from Louisiana, right? That was more than football. And like you said, Gleason and knowing his situation and condition and how they remembered him time and time again, it's it, – Drew Brees is the New Orleans Saints now. Like that, that, that is a connection that'll never change because of all of the things that transpired in that city that he was there to help heal and be a part of, along with what he did on the football field. And gee, it's super unfortunate. Like I, I can't talk all of this glowing stuff about Drew Brees and not realize how unfortunate. The last four years of him trying to go win the Super Bowl has been mm-hmm. the way in the fashion that they lost, um, and and the Kyle Rudolph touchdown, the obvious pass interference that was missed, the miracle by Stefan Diggs in Minnesota, um, and now you Tom Brady, you beat him twice. In your in potentially your final season, and then you know that you got to play him a third time, and you got to play a team a third time, which is very hard to win against a team you play that much, and it's his, potentially his career ends that way. It's unfortunate. Would have loved to see him go to another Super Bowl, have an opportunity to win and put the Saints up top again. But at the same time, man, the bulk of his career is going to be great memories. And he's a Super Bowl champion. It don't matter how many you got; they all hard as hell to get.
1: Marcus Spears with me here on ESPN Radio. It's really well said. Two more things, big fellow, with running along here. Um, let's start with Mahomes. Uh, if he can't play, does Kansas City have any chance to beat Buffalo?
0: I don't think so. Um, I don't think so, G. I, I just it's hard for me to believe that Chad Henney will be able to generate enough offense to sign me, what Buffalo has the potential to do. And, the, and and for me, it would be more about the Kansas City Chiefs defense. Spags did a tremendous job. Listen, people up in arms about running the football as uh, Stefanski and the Cleveland Browns not running it, handing it all, but I talked about it all last week. You're not going to just run the ball 60 times and beat the Chiefs. Obviously, with that Train the thought. I thought Mahomes would be in, and it's like playing the Golden State Warriors when they were rolling. If you trade three for two, you ain't gonna win. The numbers not gonna add up. Um, but I, I think uh, I just don't. I, I just don't think they would be able to generate enough offense against Josh Allen and this Buffalo team. And, and two, let's not let's not get away from the fact that this Buffalo defense only gave up three points to the Baltimore Ravens, G, after we saw the Ravens run through and over all the teams leading up until that point. So I did, I, I believe it would be too much to overcome, and that's why you pay Pat Mahomes a half a billion dollars to play quarterback because <laughs> in these situations when you may be outmatched, he can obviously lift you up over the top of that. So it, it's just hard for me to believe that, but it was hard for me to believe Cleveland would beat Pittsburgh, um, Two in the after their tumultuous was weak and trying to get ready for their game so anything is possible i just think it would be a, a tall tall feat the numbers I'm, ended the
1: up. I'm with you the, the numbers i'm getting from caesar's right now they listed as a pickem because they don't know who's going to play if Mahomes, if it yeah. looks like he can play, the projections I'm getting is it would be Kansas City minus four. If he cannot play, I'm getting Buffalo minus three. So he's worth a touchdown, and, and frankly, he feels like he's worth a lot more than that. Uh, let me four. get one, one more thing from you, big fella, before I have to run. Uh, the the Deshaun Watson thing, you touched on it. What are you? What is your sense of the situation with Deshaun Watson? Why is this happening, and where is it going to go? Gee, number one,
0: Deshaun need to get the hell out of there. That's number one. Um, Number two is, this is not just about the hiring process. This is not an isolated situation. This is about DeAndre Hopkins being traded. This is about a lot of the stuff that transpired in the franchise with the late owner while Deshaun was the quarterback there. This is about J.J. Watt telling Deshaun we wasted a season, um, and that was strictly a shot at the front office. Um, this, This is more... Than just you didn't interview Eric Bieniemy, you didn't involve me or take my input on the decision um, as far as the hiring process goes. Uh, just get my insight. This is this is long before all of that. So that's the context I want people to hold this in, as opposed to just thinking this is one isolated situation that Deshaun got mad about and now he's ready to go and leave. This is a number of situations, a number of incidents. Where the Houston Texans have made poor decisions from a personnel standpoint, and also who they hire and fire. Rick Smith did a tremendous job. This was a playoff team with Rick Smith as the general manager, and they let him go in an unconventional fashion after the success he had had. And now Deshaun is just to that point. And we saw it. We saw Andre. We saw Dre Johnson speak out. We saw DeAndre Hopkins finally say his piece about it and now we're just getting this is, the, this is the backbreaker. This is the quarterback now finally saying, yeah, there's been a number of these situations that I've not said anything about. I signed the contract with the idea that we would have a better rapport moving forward and, and, and let alone get the money that I rightfully deserve based on my play. It's just a bad situation, but it ain't just started with this, the bottom line.
1: Exactly right. We, we we spent a lot of time blaming Bill O'Brien, and that's not to suggest he didn't make some mis- big mistakes, but blaming yeah. Bill O'Brien for things that, that may have gone well beyond him. I got to run. Marcus, thank you. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for everything, and, and we'll talk soon.
0: All right, my brother. See you in the morning. That's Peace. the
1: great. Marcus Spears will be with me tomorrow morning on Get Up on ESPN. That, that's what you're hearing coming out of there, and again, I'm I'm not going to report on it because that's not A, that's not my role, and B – this is not my information. I'm just telling you what you're hearing. If you're someone like me and you talk to all the people who accumulate this information, you're hearing that this is going to be ugly, that this was deep and really, really bad in, um, in Houston and has been and continues to be. And that Deshaun Watson is not taking another snap for that team that he is getting out. And so then the question becomes, where does he wind up going and what do they get in return? You've got a ridiculous asset, I mean, an an, an unimaginable and invaluable asset who has put you in a position where you have to trade him. It's going to be a very interesting scenario. Shefty said it on TV this morning. It's going to be by far the most interesting thing that plays out over the short-term future here in the NFL. All right, one more piece of business before we run. I want to finish it where we started it because we could talk about all this other stuff. But at the end of the day, today in football comes down to Tom Brady. Thomas Edward Brady, 20 seasons in New England, unprecedented success. And all the questions about, is it the coach? Is it the organization? Is it the system? Well, maybe all along it was just the quarterback. Because he goes to Tampa, and here they are in the NFC Championship game, and he's got a shot. He's one win away from his 10th Super Bowl. And Ryan Clark this morning said this.
0: Tom Brady's the greatest organization in football. (laughs) And, yeah, he's the GOAT. He's the greatest player of all time. (laughs) But if Tom Brady was an organization, we would sit here right now and talk about how great they drafted. We would talk about the the lineage of winners that they have, all of the Hall of Famers that they have. If you were an organization, and say you were like the – The All-American Toms, right? And you've been to 14 conference championships. You've been to nine Super Bowls, and you've won six of them. Right now, your fan base would be like the Pittsburgh Steelers fan base was when they had won six. They would always go to that, always go to their winning, always go to their consistency. That's who Tom Brady is.
1: And that's exactly right. And the bottom line of it is that the numbers back that up. If you go back to the all-time numbers... There are three franchises who have won more playoff games than Tom Brady. I'm not including the Patriots. The Patriots as a franchise have 37 postseason wins. Brady has 32. So I'm not counting them. Only the Packers, the Steelers, and the Cowboys organizations have won more playoff games in their history than Tom Brady has. He is inarguably the greatest football player ever. The conversation continues tomorrow. See you then on ESPN Radio.